Hey, welcome back to season three of Pigeon Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Focus family podcast. This is Chris and today's co-host, Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks at head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So how goes it, Seabass? Oh, man. Um, it's going well. Um, I can't lie. Um, things, <laughs> things are going well. Things are busy. That's for sure. You know, work's ramping up and taking some online courses for work. And our season starts actually this weekend. So big week of practices and, you know, kids are going back to school. So people are getting sick from, you know, being in crowds. And, you know, we had a baby shower last weekend. So thankfully I've got a, a trooper of a wife who's been just killing it at the, at the nursery, getting everything ready. You know, we're 30 some days away and I, I could look at the number right now, Ooh. but my brain's mush, but we're close. I mean, we're, we're literally at the point of like, Get, not scary, but you know the nerves are there, and and to the point yeah. where I might have to start giving my cell phone to one of our assistant coaches or or trainers and say, hey, my wife calls, answer this phone, and I'm getting out of here asap. Uh, so um, yeah, things are things are busy, things are stressful, but it is what it is. It's hockey season. This is what I signed up for. How you doing, man? Well, nowhere near as exciting as your life right now, because I know it's been crazy between your head coaching and the baby coming, and I know work is always a trial. Um, so nothing like that on my end, but, uh, I will say this is the first time I'm recording in the loft since I want to say the early spring where I haven't had to open the windows. It's, it's getting cooler and it's getting cooler quick. So I love that. I'm excited for that. Slightly terrified because we'll be in Norway hiking for a few days. And if it's this cold in Denmark, I'll be wearing my Canada goose jacket up to Norway because we're up like northern Norway for those hikes. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But beyond that, yeah, you know, worked a lot of days this month. But, you know, I have hockey now. I haven't had that all summer long. I have hockey now. The NAHL is back up. The EHL is back up. The EOJHL and your U18 HEO is back up. Uh Everything is just kind of kicking off and, you know, some of it's still in preseason. Some of them are games through showcases and through weekends. And, yeah, it, it's been fun seeing some of the new action in the USPHL. So it, it's it's been a pretty exciting time. I love when hockey returns. Oh, probably overly excited. And I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, I'm glad you brought a couple of things up. First off, if you do have to wear a candy goose, you know, jacket, uh, the Canadian Cobra chickens are very happy for you to wear our logo and our crest. Uh, so thank you for that. We, we appreciate your support. Um, and then secondly, obviously, you know, talking about USPHL and, and all of the, you know, the lease coming back with being busy, you know, I haven't had a chance to really kind of dive in as we had in the last couple of years, but I did notice that on the hockey focus, you know, you did write a couple division previews. So I was kind of hoping yeah. that you can, A, you know, fill me in and then any other fans who either, you know, haven't had a chance to kind of get caught up or, or fans of just other divisions that kind of want to know what's going on around the league. Yeah, absolutely. I can do that because, you know, you and I wanted to we wanted to discuss something today and we just kind of got together and like, what well, I not, why not do a Western USPHL preview? Because we haven't done that yet. And uh, we just did the null preview. Uh, we just had the USPHL after dark draft. Um, and congratulations to the Wasatch Ice Dogs. They're currently in first place after the first week of play. Yeah, well, I'd say we can jump into it. Uh, where do you want to start? Hey, why not, you know, go with right with the Northwest Division? Um, you know, the newbies. This is, this is, exactly. This is the new group in town. This is the new kid on the block. So let's start off with them. 
They are the new kid on the block, but a lot of these teams do have a deep history. We'll start with the Bellingham Blazers because they have a deep history. They've been playing hockey in Bellingham for over half a century, uh, though the current Bellingham Blazers have been in existence for about the last 10 years. But this season, they joined the USPHL as part of the Northwest Division. The the Blazers named Mark McDonald the head coach as they entered the USPHL. He played for the Blazers, actually, for the first three seasons in the NPHL, and he was the team's captain during the 2016-2017 WSHL season. And then he spent four years at Western Washington University, scoring 98 points in just over 70 games. So he, he's ready to take the helm of the Blazers here and kind of lead them into this new frontier. But, you know, they brought back some familiar faces like Ethan Franzen and Benjamin Totten, as well as blue liner Michael Pitts. And just putting it out there as I go through some names, y'all know me at this point. I'm going to slaughter some. So feel free to reach out if I absolutely destroy your name. But they've also got some new faces like Roman Wallenick, Tyler Chapman and Andrew Brebender. So they had they were actually one of the six teams in the West active this past weekend, and they were fun to watch. They uh, squared off against Seattle. They fell to Seattle in a game that wasn't available on hockey TV. I think there were some technical issues. And then they came back and pulled that second game into overtime, but uh, they fell just shy in OT. And I personally loved the shot that Probender gave to, I think it was one of our fantasy team members, Knight. I want to say he's part of the Snakes uh, organization, but I think Knight was coming for a little bit of chirp, and I'll, I'll say Rebender's my style goalie. Just going to put that out there. But they've been a fun team to watch already. And like you said, you know, having a goalie with a little fire is always, you know, a great thing to have. You know, you obviously, you know, your defensemen, your forwards always have your back when you got a little bit of fire, kind of gets the boys going. You know, and, and you talked about Knight and, and kind of the Seattle totems. Why not go into their their kind of synopsis next? Yeah, so the Totems, again, they have a long history of hockey there in Seattle. And they got the team president, general manager, and head coach, Michael Murphy, is going to be continuing to lead the squad. And again, he's he's no stranger to hockey. I'm actually expecting a lot out of Seattle this year. I think they put together a pretty good team. Coach Murphy went out and acquired Swedish netminder Felix Floodman, and then local blue liners Levi Knight and Reed Gilmore. And they both have a wealth of junior hockey experience. But they've also picked up forwards Nahum Tessel, Derek Eaton, and Bryce Neal. So... They really look like they've been built to not only be a contender, but they're they're going to try to take the Northwest this year. You know the old saying, "Look good, play good," and those jerseys are phenomenal. So oh, they've got they're that beautiful. Part checked off. Oh, those uh, are probably the most. I will say on ice look. They they fare very well on TV. They look beautiful. No, and I mean they're always a you know a favorite when we do our, our jersey rankings, yeah. and uh, you know I'll be looking forward to seeing them again. Now, talking about seeing them again, rumor is the hockey is back in Medford. It is, and that's going to be the Rogue Valley Royals. So let's just say that the pandemic wasn't nice to the city of Medford, and the junior hockey fans there have been just really desperate to get junior hockey back. Now into the Royals. And so they're going to be led by owner and head coach Bobby Ruddle who's been hard at work leading up to the organization's first USPHL season. So to build the strong Northwest Division contender, the Royals have secured Canadian blue liners Nathan Malott and Henry Mayer, as well as American netminder Caden Edstrom, as well as local forward Tyler Hansen, who comes with junior experience out of the NE3HL. The Royals might be knocking the rust out of the hockey rink's backboards, but their Northwest foe shouldn't estimate that this team could be a royal pain in the ice. Oh, I love the puns here today. 
Um, Thank you very much. (laughs) No, no, and kind of talking about, you know, knocking rust. Here's a team who uh, everything's shiny uh, because, you know, they're they're a true expansion team. So let's talk about the Rock Spring Prospectors. They are the true expansion team inside the Northwest because this is their first year in existence. You know, there's going to be a a big challenge ahead. The, The good thing is every team is new to the USPHL in this division. So they have that going for them as these teams tend to figure each other out but it's going to be coach Randall who's going to be kind of heading off this squad he's acquired Canadian forwards Kyle Avery Matt Pantone and the last time I checked all their forwards were Canadian so it's usually not a bad sign but on the back end he signed American John Ergo and JC Laird as well as a handful of netminders including Chinese Taipei Canadian Brody Hisso and Slovakians, oh, I'm going to slaughter your names, boys, Max Millen Vise and Max Millen Lednicki. They're both Max Millens. I've never heard that name before, and that's wild that they both have it. That's a that's a cool first name. But uh, their roster, last time I checked, was still a work in progress. You can tell that the prospectors are building something unique for the city of Rock Springs. Like you said, bringing in all those Canadian Fords, I mean... Wait, you want to score a million goals? Because that's what you're going to do. That's just me, you know, my Canadian pride. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> and talking about kind of Canada, uh, and this is kind of my little segue into here, but also talking about, you know, prospectors and going through, you know, the Rocky Mountains here. Let's talk about the Oilers here. I know, you know, their first year was a little rough, but, you know, they're obviously looking to expand and kind of improve throughout the season. They are. And their their first season was rough just on the fact of there was so much uncertainty around where they were. You know, they started off in the WSHL, and then the WSHL had issues, and the CJHL came out of that. And so they became part of the CJHL, but they were, I think, the solo, if I'm not incorrect, the solo American team in that league. And that's rough all the way down in Utah to have to be going up to Canada that often for games, especially still in kind of a COVID environment. So I think it just made... It made everything a little bit more difficult than Vernal would have liked for their first season of existence. But now they're at the USPHL this year. They can kind of take that breather and and focus on hockey and not necessarily where they're playing. And this is all going to be in the hands of GM and head coach Joel Fliegor. He's a staple in the Utah hockey community. He possesses at least two decades of hockey coaching experience within just the state of Utah, because that's as much as I could find. But he could probably have way more than 20. It's going to be Coach Fliegor's thing here to take this team into a whole new realm within the USPHL. And so he's managed to secure returning forwards Chase Perry, Marco Casanelli, and Josh Cochin. And he's also picked up blue liners Jay Shedden and Camden Winters and netminder Jaden Pasillas. So he's mixing in some new faces like Brandon Creighton and Leave It a Youngman. But, uh, you know, bringing back one of my boys here like Antonio Tarantino. Very excited that he's also a Orson Kraken. But, yeah, he's building a pretty solid team. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Vernal near the top this season. Like you said, Joe, after having kind of a, a rocky start with you know, travel and, and the leagues and, and all that, I mean, they've kind of found a you know a more sustainable future, I guess, for the team. So now they're able yeah. to kind of just focus on you know what's on the ice and, and not what's off the ice. So, again, I look forward to, to having a positive season from them. And, and talking about, you know, looking forward to, um, we're, we're, let's make the jump right now into the, the uh, Pacific Division here. And uh, right. you can't have any Oilers without any Roughnecks, so let's talk about Bakersfield. <laughs> No, you can't have any Oilers without any Roughnecks. Uh, it's going to be fun to see them eventually square off this year because I'm 
I'm hoping they do. I'm going to have to check out the schedule. But the Roughnecks were also one of those teams that were in action this weekend against Long Beach. And I will say that was probably one of the better series I've seen in some time because all the games were close. I think the Roughnecks took the first two games and then Long Beach finished the, the weekend series, I believe, with the win. But lots of fun to watch these two teams in action. Long Beach, of course, being an expansion team last year and being headed off by coach and owner uh, Emerson Etum, the ex-NHL player. But we're going to go back here to Bakersfield because Bakersfield has a former professional hockey player for them as well. And that's going to be uh, coach Paul Willett. And he has a tall order in front of him this season because the Pacific Division is no joke. It's it's it's, it's a tough division to compete in. But on the offseason, they've been doing what they need to do to build a strong contender. They got goaltender Connor Dumasnil, who also, coincidentally, was the Pigeonhole Hockey Podcast goaltender of the week, putting up, I believe, 99 saves on 105 shots. That's a tall order. That's I'm sure his legs are relaxing this week because that was a lot of work over the, uh, the two games that he participated in. Uh, but he put up strong numbers last season as well in Arizona, so no surprise there. But two wins in their first three games, not too shabby. Again, they were just a fun team to watch this weekend. And I know you also had Emily Rodriguez, one of the defenders on your fantasy team. And man, he, he put up some nice numbers for your team this, this weekend. It's good that they have great defenders and, and great goaltenders because, you know, talking about this division, they've got another team that has just monsterly beautiful. That's the only way I can, I can you know, say this. Uh, beautiful jerseys and a team that who's been on fire for kind of the last few years. Who They're always on top of the division. They're always fighting for division spots. They're, and they're a hard team to play against, and that's the Fresno Monsters. So you go and talk about how they have great goaltending and great defense, and I think that's on purpose when you look at the teams in their, in their division. And it is because... The Fresno Monsters, they are the back-to-back Pacific champions, but that also extends back to their last season in the WSHL that got cut short due to the pandemic. But they have a new head coach this season, and that of Kyle Christensen, who's a former assistant coach for the NHL's Corpus Christi Ice Rays. And they've been having a busy offseason as well. They picked up goaltenders Ethan Jordan and Colin Gallimore. And uh, they've also picked up several forwards from the Mexican World Cup teams. So they're expecting to build a pretty big contender yet again this year. And it's the Monsters. You can't <laughs> you can't count these guys out because they always make the run for the top. No, and every time we kind of talk about them or watch them play, you know, they're always having a good game. Even, you know, I've seen a couple games where they've lost, but it's, it's not by much. And it's just kind of last minute goal here or there or whatever. They're, they're always competing and they're always playing hard. So. No, I'm hoping, you know, the new head coach brings in that that work hard attitude that, that Fresno is kind of known for. They're, they're in a great spot. I mean, they're in a division where they could definitely contend for, for a top spot again, just from players they brought in, the players that are still there, and just kind of what they've shown in the past. You know, it'll make it hard, and it'll, it'll be some good games, especially, you know, you got some, some teams like, for example, like the next team here, Lake Tahoe Lakers. You know, this is their second season in. They've seen the Monsters obviously play, and they know what they're bringing to the table. So um, I'm looking forward to kind of see them put together a team to, to kind of fight for this division here. The Lakers were the, uh, again, another one of the expansion teams last year, and they actually put together a winning record, which is, again, always impressive in your first season. But head coach Jason Smith will be looking to continue the team's winning ways, especially with returning foundational players such as Ari Rossi and blue liner Chase Sechrist. In the blue paint, Coach Smith signed former Utah Outliers netminder Fabian Pizzera and introduces American goaltenders Chris Walgren and William Oakley to the program. So the Lakers will be looking to build on last year's success and return to the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And for a team to step into league year one and make the playoffs, that's a big jump. So 
again, look look for them to, to you know challenge Fresno, compete for for every every win they can get here. And talking about compete, here's a team that I think will be very competitive, and, and this is the Las Vegas Thunderbirds. I mean, one, they look great because of their jerseys, but two, they always seem ready to roll. They do, and uh, they fell to the Fresno Monsters for the Pacific Division last year. Otherwise, they would have headed off the Nationals. The general manager, Adam Benaldi, wants to make this team the top team in the Pacific Division this year, and he wants that trip to Nationals. So in the offseason, they were able to return netminder Loic Morin and sign former Minnesota Moose netminder Simon Johnson and Quebec native Eric Villeneuve. How's that pronunciation? Villeneuve. I mean, that was Villeneuve. very very smooth of you <laughs> thanks uh, i probably slaughtered eric's name there but uh you know french canadians sorry just get used to it <laughs> but he was able to also re-sign critical pieces such as Ma- ford's michael wells and guillaume dufour how's that that's got to be french canadian guillaume dufour guillaume dufour okay um y'all will enjoy it. guillaume dufour all right, I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm going to get razzed for that one. But, uh, you know, he's able to also get blue liner Tristan Nelson. So I'm expecting, again, the T-Birds to be near the top of the Pacific this year and wouldn't be shocked to see them go off the Nationals. And again, this is a team that, that's going to make this division very competitive and talking about a team that's going to make it competitive, especially in the, the looks category when it comes to uniforms. Oh, yeah. So Long Beach Shredders. Yeah, the, the Shredders... They got some sick threads. It's, it's, I did not like the logo when I first saw it. And then I saw the whole getup, like the whole everything. It's beautiful. It's one of the most unique setups. And then I think it, we I think we might have done a Jersey episode back in the day. And I was like, eh, they don't even rank. And then I think they were near the top last time we did one for some sort of USPHL inclusion. And uh, it, it's just because he everything about it's just. It's sick. They're they're sick threads and their jerseys are sold out. And and uh, you know, Coach Edom, you guys don't have hoodies. I might have tweeted at you guys for this, but uh, there's no hoodies. Hockey rinks get cold. Put some hoodies out on your uh, on your swag. So whatever. Let's talk some hockey. The Shredders were able to return blue liners Josh Cattell as well as Ford's card Zawartney, Gabriel Gifford, and Cody Fitzgerald. But they also went out and signed netminders Jacob Baxter, blue liner Yuri Stalev, and Drew Mazza, and forwards Nathan Compton and Cole Colbert. So expect the Shredders to be massively improved this season. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as far as sweaters go, I don't think where they are, they they think of sweaters too often. So it's you'll probably have to excuse them there, you know, with the nice weather they deal with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I want that hoodie, though. So Coach Edom, uh, drop some hoodies, please. And I'm talking about nice threads and, and, and you know good swag and, and obviously nice weather. Let's talk about the Ontario Junior Rain here. Yeah, so the the Rain, uh, they're led by head coach Jeremy Blooms, and he brings with him over a decade of coaching and scouting experience, so he knows how to develop a contender. So during the offseason, he was able to re-sign foundational pieces such as uh, Zach Stagnus and Andrew Cervantes, as well as sign new faces such as former Shredders netminder Julian Arenell and Canadian forwards Nick for poor Nick, Nicholas Filio, 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 oh, Nick, Nicholas F, Aiden Turner, and Skyler Olson. How do I say that kid's name? Nicholas Filio. Nicholas Filio, Filio. Oh, that's, oh, if I'm ever going to move to Montreal, I got to get French Canadian names right. Because the second I call somebody Herbert and they're Hebert, I'm, 
probably a dead man. But they have a strong combination of Canadian and California-born players on the reign, and they're going to look to improve on their playoff performance from last season and make a push for Nationals. That's a great mix. You know, you got the, the Californias, and then you got those Canadians coming in to help out. So, again, look for them to have a great season. A team who's definitely going to be looking to have a better season and have the potential to do that is the San Diego Sabres. San Diego Sabres had a little bit of a disappointing season last year, but this year, former head coach Dominic DeSico is now the Sabres general manager, and former Buffalo Regals head coach Tyler Casillo is behind the bench. And the Sabres are looking to build upon last year's experience and make a push for the playoffs this year. But uh, they've been building a strong contender again in the offseason, and they've re-signed foundational pieces such as blue liner Reed Laurie and forward Joey Chappelle. So, they're looking to kind of build upon that with a bunch of new faces and um yeah they're they're ready to turn the page and also i will say they uh switched up their look on their jersey this year and i love it you will probably hate it because you don't like the florida panthers jersey look and you the whole soccer thing for you i think this is a sick look and i think san diego did well on the change personally nothing against Uh, san diego um just the soccer crest for me is just let's leave it to soccer or football depending where you're coming from um it is what it is hey listen if if we're going to talk about our old ways and what we like we don't like yeah let's talk about kind of the (laughs) og division the one that you know we started really kind of covering before we expanded into really the entire league and that's the mountain division yes yeah, that's where we kind of started, and they've got new faces this year, and their expansion team this season is the Idaho Falls Spud Kings, and so I will say that uh, Josh Hoff is going to have a lot on his plate this season. He's the former Hoosick School head coach, because he doesn't just have to focus on building a team able to compete this year in the Premier Division, but he has to think about next year when the Spud Kings move up to the NCDC, so... There's a lot on Josh Hoff's plate right now, and the fact that they don't even have a home arena for the first couple months because it's still under construction, this is a rough way to start a brand new expansion franchise, but I'm excited to see their official jersey drop. Yeah, that's that's something we've been waiting for. I mean, I even tried to, Yeah. I thought maybe I get sneaky and they'd wear them on you know one of their games, and of course they no. didn't. So if you ever want to let us know and have a sneak peek first, please let us know. I'm, I'd be happy to look at them. We'd love to do that. And I, I have a feeling, of course, I don't know, but I have a feeling that they're probably waiting to release their jerseys until they're home. Like the home fan should be able to enjoy those jerseys. And I just I, I have a feeling that's what they're going to do. And so that's just going to leave me very anxious for two months waiting for those jerseys to drop. They have some strong support in Idaho Falls because they have a 4,100 seat arena that they're building and they've had over half of them sell the season ticket holders already. So that's over 2,000 season ticket holders already. Those are just the season ticket holders. This isn't going to be the buy game season. So I think it's going to be loud in that arena. I'm excited for them to hit the ice. But Utah, the Utah Outliers, the back to back Mountain Division champions. Again, this season tortured me during the preseason where they don't release any information on their rosters. And they finally did it on the 12th when I decided at that point to finally write the article for the Hockey Focus. But once I saw what they were signing, I knew GM and head coach Paul Taylor was at it again. And the outliers are they're eyeing a three, Pete, man. They've brought back some 
crazy good pieces like William Cohen, Miles McHugh, Nicholas Schwab, Matthew Koepke, Marco Felicetti. They're going to be they're going to be there again. And the Outliers fans and the Outliers faithful should be very excited because this team's going to be good. Yeah, and talking about excitement, I'm sort of jump onto this next team so quickly, but like it's true, the buzz in this area. Let's talk about the Noco Eagles. Yeah, well, the Noco Eagles, uh, much like the Spud Kings, again, were one of the six teams as as Noco and the Spud Kings faced off this weekend. We're one of the six teams in action in the West. The Eagles look good. Uh, they, of course, are returning Orson Crack and fantasy draftee first overall Charles and Anthony Barbeau. So very excited to have Barbeau as part of my team. But they're also bringing back other strong pieces. Evan Wamas, Xavier Fortin, Yaving Heidergott, Quinn O'Reilly, Alexander Bedard. Uh, so this team's going to be good. And that's just some of the names they're bringing back. They they brought back a lot of their players this year. And they look good. I mean, this even the new kids that they brought in, watching them play Idaho Falls just this past weekend, they're going to be a very, very, very good team and a force to be reckoned with. So if you're in the NOCO area, you got to get out and support these Eagles because they are going to be probably scary good this year. Yeah, and let's not forget, you know, um, the Avalanche who won the Cup obviously brought a lot of buzz to, to Colorado. So, you know, hopefully the fans bring the buzz into that arena and really help them kind of, you know, get some excitement going into the game and, and get the fan interaction. And talking about excitement, let's talk about uh, a friend of the show, someone who we're really happy for. Um, to have this step, and I'll, I'll let you kind of talk more about it, but uh, let's talk about the Provo Predators. Yeah, so the Provo Predators, uh, you know, they're now led by friend of the podcast, GM and head coach Nick Dreyer, and for all of you listeners, expect here in about a week or so, uh, we're going to be having uh, some of the Provo Predators, maybe one or two Provo Predators on for uh, kind of like our player interview stuff so that should be fun we, we're not sure who's going to be on yet but we're excited definitely to talk to some of the new faces of this newer franchise within the usphl because it is new ownership it's new management it's new everything it's a whole new look and i'm i'm excited for the pictures i've seen on facebook they have got really really beautiful jerseys everything nick promised was true and these jerseys look sick but again he was the uh, assistant coach for the ogden mustangs last year under head coach kenny orlando and those two were just extremely successful together leading ogden to just being one of the teams you just didn't want to play in the uh, mountain division but the big thing for nick coming in so late because i mean i think that this was all announced in like june or july so there was no scouting prep, there was no anything, and yet he was able to, you know, re-sign your Yushikov, who's an OHL draftee for the Peterborough Peets, and he was able to also lock down some new faces, including goaltender Bryson Stern, blue liner Duncan Chisholm, and Ford's Kauflin, Anthony Lotz, and oh, who? Um, Michael, I can't pronounce your last name, buddy. I, I'm he might be one of the guys we end up talking to, so this will be fun for him to listen to, but. <laughs> Gak Hooch is you know We're just going to call him the boys. We're probably going to call him that's Gak. <laughs> I'm going to call him Gak. Uh, I'm going to call him Michael Gak because uh, if we talk to you, buddy, um, I'm definitely going to be intrigued at how to say your name because I can't do it. But uh, they got a lot of new faces. It's basically a, a team of new faces there. So I think they're going to turn some heads and, and take the city of Provo by storm as they've aligned themselves with the junior team there, which I think is incredibly incredibly good idea and i'm excited for the future of provo hockey because i think they're going to be able to put some butts in those seats in the arena in provo 
Yeah, and you know, just to, you've already kind of talked about them to segue into kind of our next team. Let's go right to the Ogden Mustangs. The Ogden Mustangs, always dangerous, still led by Kenny Orlando. And again, this is a team with the way they've rebuilt this year. Coach Orlando has been at it again. Again, another friend of the podcast, but he's been able to return players like Jake Meary, Demetri Voyatis, Andrew Alonzo, and Luke Voss. But they've also were able to resecure Trey Hirschfield, who basically spent the bulk of the season uh, in the NHL last year. So this team is going to be really good and watching their preseason games. I'm excited to see them get into full season, regular season action. Expect the Mustangs to make a challenge for the Nationals this year. Well, absolutely, and and to kind of go into you know, last but certainly not least team in in the Mountain Division, and let's jump right into the Pueblo Bulls here. Yeah, the Pueblo Bulls, what they've been able to accomplish in the offseason has been incredible because they lost the foundation of their entire team, which is basically Mr. Bull himself, Benjamin St. Ange. But not only him, you guys had guys like Artem Lantouk, Brendan Dicker, Felix Turcotte, all have moved on because they had aged out for uh, for junior hockey. So. I wasn't expecting the Bulls to be able to put together the roster they did. But, man, they were doing something special in the offseason because they have built a beautiful roster. And I thought Alexander Timmons would be moving on, but it looks like he is back with Pueblo. That's just going to make the Bulls even more dangerous. I mean, they were able to secure a lot of really good pieces in the offseason, a lot of really good goaltenders. And then return players that have been foundational to their success already, which is guys like Thomas Sousey, Isaac Kuhn, and Owen Ames. The Bulls are going to be fun to watch this year, and they're always fun to watch. I mean, the production they put on, I love it. The one thing I will say to anyone in the Bulls organization, if you're listening, the graphics are cool for inside the arena. But on the TV, it's – let me just see what's happening on the ice. Just if there's a way to, like, separate the two, it's cool for on the ice or in the arena – but on the TV, when I get those, you know, especially I'm usually watching these late and uh, it takes up my whole living room. So, you know, that's just a personal thing. So if we could sort that out. I'm also appreciative that the the, the camera people are able to keep uh, the camera on the goal scores of away goals because I will say, OK, and this is I'm sorry, small little like rant here because this isn't just Pueblo. I've seen this now with a bunch of different junior hockey teams in the USPHL and outside the USPHL. If someone's in charge of the camera, they should keep the camera on the goal score and the celebration because there's a lot of families out there that can't be co-located with the children that they sent off to play junior hockey. And when they have a big moment like a goal and they can't be there because they live across the country or whatever the scenario is or across the world, there's a lot of players that come to play inside the USPHL and these other divisions and these other leagues their families can't be there. So stealing that moment from them is unfair. If you're going to have a camera in the arena, it's not for you. It's not for the home fans. It's the home fans can go to the game, but it's for the away fans who enjoy that goal, enjoy that experience, even if it's a route. And it's for the family members that put so much money and effort and time and blood and sweat and tears into this whole hockey junior world and, 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 and pushing their kids on. Don't steal that moment from them. Uh, I started noticing with Pebble because it really got under my skin uh, in the beginning of last year. But I started noticing other teams doing it and any team doing it. That's honestly, I'm just going to say it's embarrassing for any team doing it. You're stealing moments from these family members and their friends. It's it, it's not for you. It's still game footage. Things happen, especially things happen in front of the in front of the net after a goal. 
that's usually when some of the best chippy stuff happens. Don't steal that from us fans. <laughs> I want to, I want to see the goalie take the slash at, at somebody's ankles. I want to see the little tussles or like face washes that happen after that. Don't, ah, sorry. It's, it just gets under my skin. But again, Pueblo wasn't doing it at the end of the year. So I appreciate that. They listen to the fans, but anyone else out there that's doing it, stop. It's, Dude, what's that Michael Jordan thing? Stop it. You know, everyone knows that like Michael Jordan, like meme gif, like stop it, get help. Anyone that's doing that, stop it, get help. But listen, yeah, sorry, rant over. L- listen, all USPHL camera operators, you have been put on notice. This isn't just the USPHL. Just keep you it. You know what, though? It's, it's, it, it, it's true, though. Like you said, they take away from the moments and, and um, kids go from all around the world to, to play these leagues and just. It's for the fans. It's not for you. It's not for the ego. It's not for the home fans. Like you said, like the home fans who can make it to the games, they can go to the games, they can see everything. So, yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. And, and kind of, uh, it was honestly a, a good spot because uh, that that was the end of our Mountain Division preview. That was, that was. But, uh, you know, that said, we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to reach out if you're in the junior or collegiate hockey world and wish to get on a future podcast. Also follow us on Twitter, PageH Official, to let us know what you think. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Sebastian. As always, thanks for listening. And remember, always clear your crease.